Hello, my name is Philippe Jurin, a professor in the history department at McNeese State University. And I'm Isaiah Manuel. I'm also from the history department at McNeese. Welcome to your Grandma Rocks, where we explore the lives of famous women in history. Welcome and bienvenue à nos amis francophones. Vous écoutez la radio de l'Université McNeese. On the program today, music and history, as we retrace the life of a remarkable woman. She is a television host and actress. Also, she is North America's first black multi-billionaire. At a difficult time in history, she managed to reach middle American white audiences. Her name is... Oprah Winfrey. Notice that she is still very much alive. It must be a first for this show. Usually we cover women from way back when. Almost always, we had one show about Malala Yousafzai, an education activist from Pakistan who received a Nobel Peace Prize at a very young age. And she is still alive. Isn't she the one who was shot by the Taliban because she wanted girls to get an education? That's the one. So there's a precedent. This show is not just about history. It can be living history, too. That's the beauty of history. They keep making more of it. Good to know you won't be out of a job anytime soon. Along the way, we'll sample songs by African-American artists. Our first song is Respect by Aretha Franklin. Welcome back to Yorama Rocks. We just listened to Respect by Arisa Franklin. From my bed, Philippe Girard. And I'm Isaiah Manuel. Today we're exploring the lives of the famous African-American philanthropist and TV star Oprah Winfrey. Her story starts in Costaco, Mississippi on January 29, 1954. That is an unusual name for a town. 
That's named after Tadeusz Kosciuszko. He was a big name in the 18th century age of revolutions. He fought for the independence of Poland. And what's the connection between Polish independence and Mississippi? Kosciuszko, he fought for the independence of the U.S. in the American Revolution. Oh, I see it now. Just like we have the city of Lafayette in Louisiana. Exactly. They're both foreign heroes in the American fight for independence. Okay, back to business. Oprah Winfrey was born into poverty to Vernita Lee and Vernon Winfrey. Her parents soon separated, and she was left to the care of her maternal grandmother. Funny how many women with profile on the show had a difficult childhood, as if going through some tough times was a good way to toughen up a child and whet their ambition. Well, certainly she wasn't coddled. When she was 12, her life was upended again, and she went to live with her father in Nashville, Tennessee. So how do you go from being a poor child caught in the midst of a divorce to a world-famous TV star? She started early. At age 12, she began making speeches at social gatherings and churches. Well, that connected in any way to her moving back with her father? In a way. Her father was very strict on her and provided rules, books, and guidance that she would need. Oprah became an excellent student because of the discipline. Ooh, discipline. Maybe I should use more of that in my classes. Now, what else did she do? Well, Oprah won an Elks Club speaking contest and got a full scholarship to Tennessee State University. I see. She was a first-generation university student then. McNeese is a public university, so we get a number of those. And in my experience, it can work both ways. Students who are new to college, sometimes they struggle because they don't have the support network at home to help them with their studies or the cost of going to college. On the other hand, they're often more driven and ambitious. Students whose family also went to college just see this as the next step after high school. One more thing to check on your way to a middle-class life. So about Oprah, how was her experience in college? She was one of those students who made the best of it. This is also when she got interested in radio. A radio station in college? Now that sounds familiar. Welcome to KBYS. Oprah also got noticed because she became Miss Black Nashville and Miss Tennessee during her freshman year at Tennessee State. Because of that, she got a job at the Nashville CBS affiliate. Oh, I was starting to get excited. I thought I could go from a college radio station to a TV career, but apparently you have to be pretty for that too. That rules me out, man. I'll stick with the radio. But that sounds like a cool gig for her. It was. She became Nashville's first African-American female co-anchor of the evening news. This is getting interesting. There's a large black population in Tennessee, so you'd think there would have been black anchors before. But traditionally, the evening news recruited the Walter Cronkite type, white men of a certain age who were considered more naturally authoritative. So, as a young black woman, she didn't fit the mold. But she got her big break anyway. That meant that she'd better get it right as a trailblazer all eyes are on you. So how did she do? You'll have to wait for that one. Let's jump right into another song first. What's next on the list? Here's Say It Loud by James Brown. Jobs. 
Welcome back. I'm Isaiah Manuel, co-host of Your Grandma Rocks, your favorite women's history show on KBYS. Je suis Philippe Girard. Vous écoutez la radio de l'Université McNeese. We just listened to Say It Loud by James Brown. Cool song, right? Sure is. James Brown was one of the most influential artists of the time. He was the godfather of soul. But today we are talking about the life of another black icon. Oprah Winfrey. Before our break, we saw her go from a humble upbringing in Mississippi to first-time college student and then co-anchor of the local news. Must get bigger from here, right? Yes. Oprah graduated and appeared as an anchor on many shows. Some of them were Good Morning America and Baltimore is Talking. Oprah would soon get an even bigger break at ABC. ABC saw her tape and noticed her ratings in Baltimore were better than Phil Donahue's. Are you telling me that her ratings passed a national talk show host like Phil Donahue? Yep. Oprah basically changed the landscape of media. That's incredible. I guess she was a natural. It got better because she became an anchor on AM Chicago, a morning talk show. This show was last in the ratings when she joined. Let me guess, it did not stay last for long. No. Oprah changed how the show operated. She changed it from traditional women's issues to current and controversial topics. You mean not just how to raise your kids or what's new in fashion, but stuff that would actually be relevant for a modern woman? Yes, it worked. After one month, she was even with Donahue's program. Wait, she beat Donahue, the national talk show host in the ratings? Yep, Oprah was breaking barriers for women in media. In a way, you can examine her success within the larger debate on affirmative action. Putting quotas for minorities? Well, yeah, after the civil rights movement of the 60s, there was an effort to include more minorities in positions of authority on boards and colleges. And Including having more women and people of color on local news? Correct, which helped people like Oprah Winfrey get their first break. But then you'd better deliver. Otherwise, people will say that you're unqualified and that you only got the job to fill a quota. That really put her under the microscope. But it did work for her. She delivered. When did she get her own show? After three months, the show was renamed The Oprah Winfrey Show. Ooh, fancy. 
I've actually thought of renaming McNeese State University the Philippe Girard Show. Oh, is that so? Is the president okay with that? Uh, they told me they're considering it. Well, it worked for Oprah. Her show was expanded to one hour. Quincy Jones and Steven Spielberg noticed how popular she got, and her movie career began. That's when she started a movie based on the Alice Walker novel called The Color Purple. I've watched the movie many times. The book actually won the Pulitzer Prize for fiction in 1983. I only watched it once, but I saw it in the theater when it came out. Are you sure? It's uh, pretty old. It came out in 1985. It's not that old. Remember, what we're doing today is not history. It's modern times. I lived through it. But you're treading on dangerous ground here, so let's shift to something different. Here's a song. Let's. Here's Lean On Me by Bill Withers. Sometimes in our lives We all have pain We all have sorrow But if we are wise We know that there's always tomorrow Lean on me When you're
Kratos and welcome back to You Grandma Walks on KBYS. This was Lean on Me by Bill Wizards. Je suis Philippe Girard. And I'm Isaiah Manuel. Today we're covering the life of Oprah Winfrey, local news anchor, talk show host, and movie star. Oprah Winfrey continued her success after the movie The Color Purple came out. The Oprah Winfrey Show won several Emmys for Best Talk Show and Winfrey was honored as Best Talk Show Host. Also, she was named Women of Achievement by the National Organization of Women, which is the main organ of the feminist movement in the U.S. It goes back to the 60s. If you're interested in that topic, I'd suggest listening to another one of our shows about Gloria Steinem. We covered the history of now and its impact on the feminist movement in that show. Oprah Winfrey then formed her own production company called Harpo. Interesting. Typically, TV hosts simply do gigs. They have a producer do the show. All they do is show up and read the script. So she wanted to go one step further and become a businesswoman. Her main purpose for doing this was to produce the topics she wanted to see produced so she could make her own shows however she wanted. Sounds like a brilliant idea. You do stuff you like as a host, plus you keep a bigger share of the pie. Yeah, it does. Imagine the money she would gross from the shows. I wish I could start my own production company, though I don't think that an early morning history show on the local university radio is where I'm going to make the big bucks. Oprah was influential too because of her willingness to read. Here we are with the Opera Book Club. That's right. She started an on-air reading club so that she could get the country reading. I must say, that's a gutsy move. Usually TV is considered a dumb medium. Most producers treat their listeners as idiots who watch shows passively in between call commercials. The model back in the 90s was the Jerry Springer show. Remember how dumb that was? After 10 minutes, people would start throwing chairs at each other. Right. But Oprah looked at her audience differently. She would convince her fans to buy the books she had chosen, and they would discuss it on the air. I've published history books myself, and I know that being on the opera book list is the holy grail for publishers. Were you ever on her list? No, I was only ever mentioned on the KBYS History Show. So there it is. Go ahead and buy Professor Gerard's books on the Haitian Revolution. That should do the trick. I'm going to get rich. How did it work for the books that she plugged in her show? Book sales went through the roof. The Deep End of the Ocean was the first book she selected in 1996. 68,000 copies had gone into the stores in June. The book became a number one bestseller, and another 100,000 were printed before February 1997. That club secured Oprah Winfrey's title as the most powerful book marketer in the U.S. She sent more people to bookstores than morning news programs, authored daytime shows, evening magazines, radio shows, print reviews, and feature articles all combined. Oprah Winfrey was a book guru, basically. Well, I think it's time for another song. It is. Here's Ain't No Mountain High Enough by Marvin Gaye and Tammy Terrell.
This was Ain't No Mountain High Enough by Marvin Gaye and Tammy Terrell. You're listening to your Grandma Rocks on KBYS. I'm Isaiah Emanuel. Et je suis Philippe Girard. Today, we're retracing the life of Oprah Winfrey. Before our break, she had gone from local news anchor to having her own show, starting a book club, and becoming a national star. Oprah even got her own network. That's right. Her own network is called OWN. It actually means Oprah Winfrey Network. Imagine having the shows that you want on your own network. I would have a bunch of historical movies for mine. Well, the show that made her famous, The Oprah Winfrey Show, ended in 2011. So I think it was time for a change. She needed a new challenge. Her network had a rocky financial start. But an interview with Lance Armstrong brought her network to success. Lance Armstrong being that world-famous cyclist who won the Tour de France seven times. Yes, an incredible athlete. Yes, I saw him race during those years when I was watching the race in, in France. There were always rumors, though, that he used performance-enhancing drugs, and he denied those rumors for years until he came clean with Oprah. And that's when he was stripped of his seven wins in the Tour de France. You can't lie to Oprah. Bad for him, I guess. But the interview brought in millions of dollars in revenue for OWN. Oprah Winfrey had become the richest African-American of the 20th century. And she was the world's only black billionaire for three years running. I wish I were a billionaire. I could buy a boat. Not me. I would buy a car. And then another one. For you. And you. And you. Everyone gets a car. (laughs) That was a classic Oprah moment. But let's get back to our story. Life magazine hailed Oprah as the most influential woman of her generation. She was also named the first recipient of the Academy of Television Arts and Sciences Bob Hope Humanitarian Award. Business Week named Winfrey the greatest black philanthropist in American history. So she was pretty influential to all people, right? Yeah, because of what issues she addressed in current times, she was able to touch all races. That part was remarkable. I mean, we live in a country where relations have often been problematic, to say at least. But she found a way as a black woman from rural Mississippi to connect with white women all across middle America. I don't know anyone who managed to pull that off. Well, maybe Barack Obama, maybe. He too had some cross-racial appeal. How did those two do it? Uh, What was the secret sauce? I don't know, maybe giving calls to people. Or in the case of Obama, rescuing a car company like GM. That's it. We cracked the code to fix race relations in the U.S. It's all about that new car smell. If only it were that simple. But she did have a major impact in society. Oprah's status as a media influencer also increased the success of others such as Dr. Phil and Dr. Oz. That's right. She helped launch quite a few careers. Well, I can't wait to hear more about her, but let's listen to another song first. Here's Lovely Day by Bill Withers. When I wake up in the morning, love And the sunlight hurts my eyes Something without warning love Bears heavy on my mind Then I look at you And the world's alright with me Just one look at you And I know it's gonna be A lovely day Impossible to fail 
everyone else instead of me Always seems to know the way Then I look at you And the world's all right with me Just one look at you And I know it's gonna be And I'm Isaiah Mayne. You're listening to Your Grandma Rocks on KBYS, a show about famous women from centuries past. Today we retraced the life of Oprah Winfrey. We talked about her success on the screen, both on TV and in cinema, then her financial success as a businesswoman, and how she managed to bring whites and blacks closer together. Oprah Winfrey was also a dedicated activist for children's rights. Right, she used her platform on TV to help children who were being sexually abused. President Bill Clinton signed a bill into law proposed by Winfrey that created a nationwide database of child abusers. That bill was called the National Child Protection Act, and it helped track child abusers. She was also a major philanthropist who founded the Family for Better Lives Foundation and also contributed to her alma mater, Tennessee State University. She also did a lot of humanitarian work overseas. Right. Her angel network raised more than $50 million for charitable programs. Her academy was called the Oprah Winfrey Leadership Academy for Girls, or OWLAG. This project was for girls in grades 8 through 12, and it opened in 2007. So there's a parallel here with Malala Yousafzai, the other living person we surveyed on the show who also supported girl education. Oprah even met with South African President Nelson Mandela to start the academy. That must have been something to meet a living legend of the nonviolent movement. So what is it that prompted Oprah to give so much to education? It was her money, so nobody was forcing her. She was inspired because of her own childhood. 
The Academy was created to provide educational and leadership opportunities for academically gifted girls from impoverished backgrounds in South Africa. She wanted to help girls who grew up like her, economically disadvantaged, but not poor in mind or spirit. This reminds me of Andrew Carnegie. He also grew up poor and then became very rich in the Gilded Age in the U.S. And then he gave his money back to the community and he chose to do so in the educational field. Which is why we have so many Carnegie libraries today. Right. Oprah's philanthropy did not go unnoticed. She received the nation's highest civilian honor. Can you guess what it is? Hmm. Was it the Presidential Medal of Freedom? Correct. You win a car. She was given the award for her contributions to the country. Well, what a remarkable life so far for Oprah Winfrey. I can't wait to see what else she does for society. Me too. Usually in this show, we end the last section with the person's death and legacy. But not today. We'll have to leave it there and wait for Oprah to write the rest of her own life. And what a life that was. We're glad we could share it with you. Quelle vie incroyable en effet. This program was funded by a Juliet Hartner grant for women in the humanities. For more information on how to help finance fellowships at McNeese, contact the foundation at 337-475-5588. This program was also sponsored by the History Department at McNeese. To apply for a degree in history or other fields, contact the McNeese Admissions Office at 475-5504. Thank you and goodbye. Merci et au revoir.